Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 11th. It's six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, President Biden condemned Hamas's terrorist attack. Tuesday, this happened at the White House three days after the Hamas terrorists launched that attack against Israel. Uh, He called it sure evil. The death toll now stands at 2,200, and that does include 14 U.S. citizens that have been killed. Okay, so Biden spoke yesterday, Mm -hmm. and look, by Biden's standards, I thought this was fine. Like, you just never know when Grandpa goes up to the podium, but he didn't appear to forget his name or get the country wrong or get the terrorist organization wrong. I thought it was fine, and we're going to play you some audio on it here in just a moment. But my question is, what like what took so long? Why, why did this? So the, yesterday was Tuesday. So mm-hmm. you got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I mean, three full days. And then you speak on the fourth day. Like, what? What, what was going on here? Yeah, I like to think that he was on the phone with leaders around the world and they were all getting on the same page. I don't know if that's actually you, you, what would like happen. You'd like to think I'd that. I'd like to think that, but in reality, he was at a barbecue on Sunday. Well, and, and, and so here is what's fascinating right now inside the Democrat Party is Democrats for a very long time, certainly the pre-social media internet era, were very good about never saying the quiet stuff out loud. And by that, I mean where they want to take the country, the radical leftism that was the core base of the Democrat Party. In the modern era, though, in which everything is at somebody's thumb tips in a moment's notice, and it's a look at me society, and you've got people like the squad out there, it has been well known for a long time that the base of the Democrat Party are a bunch of of Marxists and communists and Really, 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 there is a growing number of people inside the Democrat Party who absolutely hate Jews and absolutely despise Israel and are totally pro-Palestine Hamas Mm -hmm. in this situation. Well, Risha Tlaib has that flag of the Palestinian flag right next to the LGBTQ flag, which is interesting. Right. And so now they've got a real needle they've been trying to thread here, which is... Well, you can't come out and say, and they've been clearly, they were given marching orders, you cannot come out and say, you know, eat an egg Israel, go Palestine. But yet, if you've noticed, they have refused the squad to condemn Mm -hmm. Palestine. Mm -hmm. And now you've got a major, major problem where the college campus maniacs and the squad people, and we're going to talk a little bit about the BLM people, they are totally pro-Palestine, and it is now all for the world to see. There is no rational person here who thinks Israel is the bad guy in the equation of what happened over the weekend. Unless, of course, you are a maniac, lunatic, communist, Marxist, BLM, squad, college campus radical person who is the base of the Democrat Party now. Okay, so Biden said that we stand with Israel. He was on the phone with the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. But the question is, is he going to let Israel conduct the war as they deem necessary, or is he going to urge them to use restraint? Well, and we've talked about that the last couple days. Israel does not need more money. Israel does not need more stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what Israel needs? The United States to say, you deal with this as you see fit, You keep going until you believe you're done, and then we will back you up 100%. Now, the U.S. has sent uh, aircraft carriers, et cetera, to the region. Mm -hmm. They are pondering, it appears, sending more military hardware and 
while it's not troops on the ground, I guess personnel to the, the area, it's not needed. Israel versus Hamas, Israel wins every time. It's like Alabama playing uh, Marion, right? It's just not a, and no offense, Marion has a fine, you know, lower level football team and they've, I believe, won the national championship. But it's like, it's not, it's not a fight. It's not a thing that where the game would be in, in dispute or doubt who's going to win. Leave them alone. Just simply come out and say, we will back you. Whatever you do, go for it. Have, have you know, take care of business and we're behind you. Um, here, do we want to play a little bit of Biden? Yeah, this is the very beginning when he first came out. And I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Kamala was standing behind him like an AI bot. She <laughs> practically didn't even blink. He was also flanked by uh, Anthony, Anthony Blinken. But here's how he started his speech. You know, there are moments in this life... I mean this literally, when the pure, unadulterated evil is unleashed on this world. The people of Israel lived through one such moment this weekend. The bloody hands of the terrorist organization Hamas, a group whose stated purpose for being is to kill Jews. This was an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. Okay, so two things. One, yes, he's right. The problem is the base of your party, there is a huge constituency who is pro-Palestine. Mm-hmm. They are pro-Hamas. They are anti-Israel. You have the squ- the squad people who for years have been public about this. Now, they've They've tried, I guess, their best. I mean, seeing, uh, was it Ilhan Omar who was sprinting away from that reporter yesterday? Didn't want to answer any questions. And AOC seems to be dodging them. Well, and this is the problem because they are actually pro-Hamas. They are actually pro-Palestine. They are anti-Israel. And so you don't, you know, and, and, and look, I give credit. It has gotten out there who these people are. And the world is seeing the core constituency of the Democrat Party are these maniac people mm-hmm. who hate who hate Israel. The other part that Biden's got an issue on, and people say, well, Ukraine this, Ukraine that. To my knowledge, there have been no American citizens who have died at the hands of Putin in in the Ukraine conflict, right? I yeah. mean, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this. There have now been 14 last t- t- tally that yeah. I heard. 14 Americans. Dead. Yeah. Killed by Hamas. Mm-hmm. So when people say, well, okay, how do you just, how would you justify American intervention uh, intervention in this, but yet you're staying, saying stay out of Ukraine? Well, first of all, Israel is a reliable, long-term, trusted ally and friend, number one, Ukraine is not. Mm-hmm. And number two, there are 14 dead Americans mm-hmm. as a result of Hamas. So there is a, these two things are not anywhere near the same when we're talking about the level of involvement America should have Mm -hmm. when it comes to taking care of business here. Okay, so Netanyahu said, we are at war. He he wasn't specific when he said that. He said, we are at war. And now Biden is saying, let me be clear, we stand with Israel. He doesn't really go into any more details other than that. So we stand with Israel. So in this moment, we must be crystal clear we stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. And we will make sure Israel has what it needs to take care of its citizens, defend itself, and respond to this attack. There's no justification for terrorism. There's no excuse. 
But the problem is your party, the base of your party, a core voting block of your party, Mr. President, mm-hmm. does not stand with Israel. They, Andre Carson does not stand with Israel. Andre Carson stands with people who hate Israel. Mm-hmm. Andre Carson stands with Louis Farrakhan, who has called Jews termites. That, that is not standing with Israel. Andre Carson has not condemned Hamas. Andre Carson is not upset this happened. There are many, many people in Congress, in the U.S. House of Representatives, people in the U.S. Senate even, who, whether they're saying it or not, are not disappointed this happened. They are not sad. You are not going to convince me that Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and uh, Cori Bush and the rest of the Good Time Fun Gang, that they are shedding a single solitary tear because that Palestinian flag stands for Hamas. A member of Congress has a Palestinian flag outside of her office. That stands for Hamas. Yeah, so that means Biden's going to face these competing pressures within his own party. It's going to make him difficult to keep his pledge to provide support, however that looks, to Israel to defend their country. But, again, Jewish Americans remain overwhelmingly Democrat voters. So if you are one of those people and you have voted Democrat your entire life, now you know on this show, Casey, we are by no means ever going to carry water for Republicans. I'm not encouraging you to vote Republican. I'm not saying that, well, this statement is is designed to help the Republicans. They suck too in their own right. But when it comes to supporting Israel and when it comes to supporting Jews across the world, mm-hmm. the two parties are in no, not on the same playing field. There is a huge portion of the Democrat Party who not only wants to uh, support Palestine and Hamas, they would be just fine if Israel ceased to exist. Mm -hmm. So if you are a, a, a Jewish person in this country who votes Democrat on the regular, you have enabled this behavior. These are the people you have propped up. When will it be enough? It's 16 after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, President Biden spoke to the nation and he didn't talk of any diplomatic compromises. He declared that Israel not only had the right, but the duty to defend themselves. He pledged full support by the U.S. and he called Hamas's actions in the war pure, unadulterated evil. So what does this mean? Are we sending money? Most likely. Are we going to be sending anything else? Well, we do have the USS Ford in the Mediterranean Sea right now. But the bigger part is we we prop these or, these terrorist organizations up. I mean, think about all the money we have sent. It's always aid, right? It's mm-hmm. always... Uh, humanitarian Humanitarian, aid. yes, thank you. Uh, and it is well known. Most of that money doesn't make it where it's supposed to make. It props these awful people up and then we look around and go where did they get all of this stuff well they got it from afghanistan that president moron left behind when he got 13 americans slaughtered (laughs) with his irresponsible withdrawal they take the money that we give them they use it to buy arms and weapons and things of this nature and you then we just look at everybody and go, I, I can't believe this is this is happening. We do this. We we create this. We do this by I- intervening when Israel is defending itself. Just get out of the way. Stop sending money places. Most of it's not going where it needs to go. Stop inter- trying to be a peacekeeper. Keep 
if your own house isn't in order, stop messing with other people and just tell Israel, go, mm-hmm. finish it. it mm-hmm. Make it a game of Mortal Kombat. Finish him, which is what, it, you know, if you ever played Mortal Kombat, it was a very famous Nintendo arcade game in the 90s. And at the very end, when it was a fighting game and you'd be over your opponent and the big thing would come on the screen, finish him. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do with these people. Finish them. And that's what Nikki Haley has been saying. And uh, you mentioned keep your own house in order. We'll get to that in just a minute. But the National Security Advisor confirmed that, yeah, they're going to ask for more money for Israel. So I'm not going to get ahead of the president's request and and not going to take the place of the OMB director who will present the request that we send up. But the president was very clear today that we will be making a request to the Congress. And it will include a request for funding for support to Israel. And he has also been equally clear that we are going to renew our request to the Congress for aid to Ukraine. What exact form that all takes, that will be worked out and presented by others, not by me. But the notion that we're going to go up and ask for Israel aid and ask for Ukraine aid, that's unequivocal. We are going to do that. So Jake Sullivan is his name. He's a total weasel. We play him from time to time on <laughs> on this show. And I mean, look, it is, again, never miss an opportunity to prop up the military-industrial complex. Let's see what more we can print and mm-hmm. what more we can ship and everything else. Now, again, look, I am not opposed to them sending uh, – assistance, backup, whatever, as they're doing right now, because it is a markedly different uh, deal here than what you have in Ukraine. Israel is a reliable long-term ally, and uh, also 14 Americans were killed in this in this the terrorism attack, none of which has happened in Ukraine. However, there is no need for American troops on the ground. Uh, there is no reason that should take place. Israel, if left alone, should easily be able to handle this and just let them keep going. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of people are concerned about the border of this country and worried about the 150,000 plus people on the terror watch list that have come through the southern border just this year and the 1.5 million gotaways since Biden took office. Should we be concerned about that? Well, according to Jake Sullivan, well, we're just going to remain vigilant. Thanks, Jake. Um, So on the home front, over 150 people who are on the terrorist watch list have been seized along the southern border this fiscal year. And we've reported that there's been over 1.5 million known gotaways since the Biden administration took office. Is this something the American people should be worried about right now? We continue to remain vigilant about terrorist threats to the homeland from anywhere. It is something that we are very much working on, that we are consulting with the Congress on, that we are seeking to secure the necessary resources to continue to work through. And any time we see any threat stream involving a terrorist threat to the homeland, we mobilize every asset and resource of the U.S. government to go after that. And that includes uh, information and analysis that uh, we have shared with the Congress about plots emanating from the Middle East, plots emanating from other places, we'll continue to do that. We also will continue to take steps to pursue a humane, orderly border policy, and we will work with the Congress in the weeks ahead uh, to continue to get the resources we need. 
Okay, and so he was then asked about the $6 billion and if they would refreeze that money. And they, he replied that we have not yet had a dollar of the $6 billion spent, and I'll leave it at that. Again, I'm going to take uh, the grand uh, the grand head honcho over there, uh, Khomeini or whatever he's calling himself these days. And believe what he says yeah. when he says they'll spend it on what they want, exactly. how they want, when I, they want. You don't have to take our word for it. I mean, we're just a couple of radical right-wingers on the radio, mm-hmm. I take the the uh, grand uh, Ayatollah of rock and roll over there <laughs> at his word when he says, we're going to take this money and do whatever the hell we want to do with it. It is 927. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning, 933. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Governor Ron DeSantis, he announced yesterday that Florida will roll out new sanctions against Iran. This follows last weekend's deadly Hamas attacks in Israel. He's asking for other states to do the same as well. He says that the ban will include financial, construction, manufacturing, textile, technology, mining, Metals, shipping, shipbuilding, and port sectors. And Biden gave Iran six billion dollars. So this is the difference. You want to know what the difference between the you know the two guys is? This is. I mean, look, I can't. You, you never know anymore. But I can't imagine people have looked at what has taken place over the past week and said this helps Biden. I mean, I get. No war uh, on two flanks. Yeah, I just it's like, not going to help him. And the, again, they can say whatever they want about. Well, this is going to humanitarian aid, and this is the blah 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 blah. Nobody trusts the international community. Nobody trusts supposed independent observers. I mean, it is just. And when you've got the guy that you're giving the money to coming out saying we're going to use it however we want. Mm-hmm. People are going to take him at his word. Sure. So DeSantis was speaking at a synagogue in Florida, and he was in front of a sign that said, Stand with Israel, Sanction Iran. And he asked the Florida lawmakers to block Iranian business in his state. Remaining vigilant at the state level to ensure that uh, anybody uh, throughout the state, particularly of Jewish, uh, of our Jewish community, um, is not targeted. And I would remind people, you know, not only do we have a, a large Jewish community compared to to many other states, we have the second largest Israeli American community of any state in the United States. And so, this is something that hits close to home. So we are, um, you know, sad at what's happened. Uh, I'm angry at what happened. Uh, I think that we need uh, justice, and I think that justice needs to be so severe that they wouldn't think of doing this uh, ever, ever again. And um, do you think he sounds presidential there? Yeah, and I've always thought that of the people, you know, who are legitimate. People have a legitimate chance potentially to be the Republican nominee. I mean, I get that that's only like three people or whatever, but he is by far, mm-hmm. you know, central casting. Mm-hmm. He is certainly the guy straight out of central casting in terms of who you would look at and go, that guy is the president. He seemed to me that he was communicating in a presidential way and he put forth some 
strong sanctions, like probably the strongest in the entire country at this point. Well, and isn't it a start? Because we started off the show today by playing the Biden stuff. And again, by a Biden standard, that was a, probably an A speech. I mean, he formed all his sentences. He remembered his name. He got the countries right. And it also took him four days to do it. So how many times did they have to practice that speech? Right. And just let's just even pretend he'd done it on day one. When you compare and contrast what you just heard there mm-hmm. versus how Biden sounds even on a good day, you just go, these people are not, they're not on the same playing field case. Mm-hmm. He's not even the same planet. Okay, so the House Foreign Affairs Chair, Michael McCall, he's from Texas, he warned that the GOP conference needs to elect a new speaker by today <laughs> to avoid appearances of being weak. I think the, the world is watching. Uh, they're seeing a dysfunctional democracy. This is what um, the Ayatollah wants. Iran is what uh, Chairman Xi, when he talks about to present side of Taiwan, that democracy doesn't work. And we need to prove him wrong. And we need to get a speaker by Wednesday. And the first bill on the floor is going to be my resolution condemning Hamas for these terrorist attacks uh, in Israel. Okay, well, I don't think he's getting his wish. Matt Gates has been tweeting out that his motion to vacate the office was the most popular thing that Congress has passed. And uh, Lauren Boebert, she's putting her endorsement behind Jim Jordan, saying that he's a trusted conservative who she believes will unify the conference. They were going to go on Fox. They were going to have this debate or forum, but then they said no. Let's all get on the same page before we go out on the floor. Isn't that interesting? Well, and this is, you know, the backdoor, right. uh, you know, smoky room deal bullcrap. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, let it play out in public. Let's see where everybody is. Let's hear the speeches. Let's find out who the best person to lead the House of Representatives is. But, of course, they don't, they don't want that, and they're going to do everything they can to avoid that happening. It's interesting that Kevin McCarthy was saying, it took 15 votes before. We don't, almost like they don't want... The American people to see that process. No, they they absolutely don't want that to play out again because they looked so bad. All right, when we come back, Jim Merritt's going to join us. We're going to talk about something the Indy Chamber did yesterday that is just so egregious. And we're going to talk about all the money the state of Indiana is spending to keep John Rusk from running for public office. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's here, and oh, look who it is. Morning, Robert. He spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. He is the nicest, most friendly, most respected man in all of Indiana politics and government. Everyone used to love him before he started hanging out with me. The great Jim Merritt. Hello, Jim. Good morning, everybody. Uh, All right, so I saw this on Abdul's website the other day, and of course, you were the previous uh, sacrificial lamb, better known as Republican nominee for mayor in 2019 the Indy chamber has endorsed joe hogsett and when i think about the looting the rioting the destruction the smashing the grabbing the burning 
I'm saying you as the spokespeople, the arm, the advocates for the business community are standing behind this guy. Boy, you just confirmed everything I think I've ever said about the Indy Chamber in one decision. Yeah, people forget, don't they? You know, the, the whole, this issue is unconscionable. I, I, I don't understand how the city chamber can endorse Joe Hogsett. But, but when you really look at it, when I was there in 2019, there was a really thin line between the city chamber in the Haugus administration. And back then, I don't know if it's changed not because I'm not on the inside, but uh, back then, there was a lot of money that flowed between the city chamber and or from the city administration, from the Hargitz administration to the city chamber, and, and with the guise of economic development, and so, so like just like taxpayer money. It, yes, exactly. And so, uh, it's it's the, the inherent conflict is there. I went before this committee that has the when Abdul you interview him later, he'll tell you what the long term of this PAC group is. But bottom line is is. Marion County is still Democrat County. The chamber is um, likes favorites. Uh, they have a relationship with the Hogs administration. So it really wasn't a stunner. It wasn't a surprise at all. So what you're saying is that taxpayers paid for that endorsement? I think there's a conflict there. Wow. I think there's... I, 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 when, when the news came to me that they weren't going to support me, I wasn't surprised. In fact, I took that moment. My, my campaign team almost had to push me into the room <laughs> to address them. I thought it was a fool's errand for me even to be there. Well, and, and look, and there are some very fine chambers of commerce, I'm sure, across the state. There are also a lot of terrible chamber of commerce. I, I remember this when I was an elected official. The town was giving public money to the chamber, and I walked in there after I was elected and said, you guys don't do anything. Yeah. Like, you literally have admitted, in some cases, there were people who said, well, we don't want to get involved in this issue because it might upset the town and we need their money. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait a second. You're supposed to be the advocates for the business community, and you're more worried about losing your public money. Oh, well, I'll fix that. And we yanked their public money. I said, now you don't have to worry about uh, offending the town. And boy, they were just they were just livid over that. Mm-hmm. So really, chambers are not all of them, but many of them are just glorified social clubs. They're not advocating for the business community or, or what public candidate or policy would be best for the business community. There's no way you could endorse Joe Hogsett, given what he let happen, and Shreve, say whatever you want about him as a candidate. He's a successful business owner. Yeah, he he. he I think uh, when he was when he owned his business, he participated in chambers, and meaning chamber of commerce's around around the state, and and because it was uh, it was a benefit for him because he was he was able to able to do his business and with uh, and it did it very very well the bottom line here is this will go over like a thud people expected it and um, and we're probably giving it way too much airtime oh anytime I get a chance to point out what these chambers of commerce are and what they do no it's not a waste of time Jim I've been, I've been on this for years and sometimes they just make it way too easy and what's it get you uh, well, it gets me hanging Joy? out with you yeah absolutely I mean this is my entertainment uh you're it buddy Jim Merritt our guest uh okay so let's talk about Casey and I did a big segment on this yesterday mm-hmm. Todd Rokita is spending a lot of taxpayer money for an outside super lawyer to stop John Rust from getting on the ballot to run against Jim Banks for U.S. Senate you know my opinion on the ballot access laws, period. But now you're taking taxpayer money to stop a guy from running for public office. You're, the attorney general's office has like 300-plus attorneys. There's not one 
person qualified to try try this case? Well, I'm looking at this going, how much money are we wasting to stop a guy from running for public office? Well, like like Marion County with Democrats, uh, it's a Republican state, and as a, and as a former Marion County uh, Republican chairman, I want Republicans to be nominated and be elected as Republicans. That is really the the goal of the Republican Party, and it's the goal of the Democrat Party. And so uh, through the years, we have a, a state law that really um, hones in on the idea that that uh, it's strictly party. Now, the question is: Is does this need? And this these are these laws uh, needing? some sort of clarification or some sort of rehabilitation well, yeah, I mean, yes they're, 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 yeah they're, i mean they're all over the map so like <clears throat> lieutenant governor mike is going to go to convention and 1800 people are going to make the choice the governor is going to go across the state and you got to get 500 signatures unless you're todd young in every congressional <laughs> district to get on the ballot you've got rules where some single solitary person in this case a county chairman decides if she had signed off on john russ let's say she didn't like jim banks well then he could run and there's nothing the state could do about it and now you've got todd rokita with 300 plus lawyers at his disposal spending huge outside money more money on top of running the office to keep one guy from running for public i mean it's just the whole system is broken well what rob is saying for our listeners is that a county chairman you have to sign off a republican county chairman or democrat county chairman uh, if you're going to run for office in those counties the party of which you're trying to get the nomination, that chairman has to sign off on your ability to get on the on the ballot, and so in a primary ballot, and uh, very subjective, probably needs to be reviewed. Uh, but but all this is to have strict Republican Democrat. Uh, rule in the state of Indiana and Marion County and, and all the rest of the 91 counties. And that's how it's gone for the last, you know, umpteen years. And um, I, I think the idea of the county chairman having that much power probably needs to be reviewed. But uh, when it comes to it, we want, uh, as a Republican, former chairman, we want Republicans to run at, on the general election ballot, as a Republican, we want them to be a Republican. So Rust is clearly not going to get any Republican money to back him. So are you saying that he probably would have been better off running as an independent at this point? Well, I think, uh, as we've spoke about on State House Happenings, he's gotten in so early, and he's got so much money. He can he can pay his own lawyers, and so he, he has a scintilla of a chance to get on the ballot uh, and and he believes that he's a Republican, so it really just all depends on the judge. It de- depends on the court. It may go to the Supreme Court, and and I would think that they would they would side with the Attorney General in this. But but um, he's got the money and he's got the time, and so he will peck away at this. Well, and that's why he and we got into this with Abdul and say those happenings. He wants the fight because he's starting early enough to get a court to say whether this these ballot access laws. And once you get into one. And you get into potentially Absolutely. all of them mm-hmm. are constitutional. John Russ is really doing taxpayers of the state a huge favor, and everybody should totally be behind him. I don't even know if I like Russ politics or not. I have no idea. I support the guy being able to run for public office, though. And this idea, I mean, this blows this big tent bull crap out of the water, right? Like the Republicans just want people's money in their vote. They don't actually want them to be a part of the process. Well, this goes back to way, way back when um, former Governor Governor Ed Whitcomb ran for the U.S. Senate. 
Senate. And Dick Luger was running for the U.S. Senate as well. And it was in the convention uh, in, way back in the 70s. And that was changed. Uh, but, but, you know, there are a lot of people that like to go back to a convention style um, election process for the for the nomination of each party for governor for for the U.S. Senate even Congress so that the party really can control it. Well, and you know, and we talked about this a little bit on Statehouse Happenings. We'll get you out of here with this. You know, there's a good chance because Beckwith is just doing a great job crisscrossing the state, and those people that were the chuckle chuckle gang about wacky pastor running, they're not chuckle chuckle now. If he boat races whoever the hand picked establishment person is they're going to change the law they're not ever going to allow this to happen again because they got caught asleep with diego Mm -hmm. and it looks like it could could be about to happen again yeah and and you know it is uh, the republican party probably needs to be uh, uh add just a little more nimble here and and get get the establishment uh lieutenant governor candidate out there early i know that is completely different than what's happened before but it would be a a um, a smart move for a an establishment type to get out and run for lieutenant governor now because that Diego voter Diego Morales voter who uh, who came to the convention pushed him to victory in the convention and uh, and the, uh, the establishment lost. I don't know. It may be too late already. I know Rob posted a picture of Micah doing something the other day. I think he was playing golf. Yes, and got the, an albatross, Casey. Yes. Yeah, and the comment. I don't. Know if you saw but somebody was commenting on the picture and they were kind of beating up micah a little saying how many hours do you work as lieutenant governor <laughs> three to four like in their mind he already is yes, the lieutenant point. governor yeah mm-hmm. merit you golf you ever got an albatross you ever got a two on a five before no <laughs> i never got a hole well, in one either well, but i enjoy the sun well this is hilarious about how uninformed the public is at large so i posted the photo which is an incredible accomplishment in golf and micah was a college golfer and a really good golfer to this day he got a two on a five it's that's inc- amazing incredible to do and i post the photo and i just jokingly said micah will be the greatest golfing lieutenant governor in yes. our state's history and some person apparently thought he already was the yes. lieutenant governor yes. and was like beating him up like i can't believe you're you're, you're go- spending all this time golfing Golfing instead of, you know, running the government. Like, he's not even the lieutenant governor yet, but people think he is. Yeah. That is how far in advance he is. All right. Tell us about you, Merritt. Uh, Jim, underline Merritt, <laughs> is where you find me on Twitter. Uh, yes. And we have Merritt in the morning, and it, our next guest next week is Jefferson Tree. Oh, boy. Hey. Yeah. All right. So uh, you can find it on Facebook, YouTube, Merritt in the morning. Anywhere. It's a, it's a fabulous podcast. You see Merritt's face, uh, Kloppenstein Stein there as well. And uh, we love you, Merritt. You're the best. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.